1: In case you need a reminder, it is 11 days until Christmas. We have spent the month talking about the Messiah that was prophesied to be born on the very first Christmas, but tonight we're gonna get started by talking about the very first Easter. So on The Sunday that was the very first Easter, Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany were traveling to the tomb where Jesus' body was laid to cover him in spices. In this time period, it was traditional for them to be in a tomb, a waiting area before the body would be moved. And so they would leave the body there for a certain period of time when they would treat the body. And so Mary and Mary are heading this way to do this. And when they show up to the tomb, they find that his body is not there. They are in shock. This is not what they expected to happen. No one saw the resurrection coming. So they are crying and heartbroken. But while they're there, Jesus appears to them. Jesus embraces Mary Magdalene. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive, and he has instructions for these two women. Jesus says, don't be afraid go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there so where are they currently well they're in Jerusalem they are are near the site where Jesus was crucified and now Jesus says i want you to go to Galilee. Galilee is 90 miles north of Jerusalem, so it's a little bit of a journey. The disciples listen to this instruction, and all of these friends of Christ start traveling 90 miles north, and where they end at is a mountain. This mountain is called Mount Tabor, and it's interesting because this mountain had one really unique thing that had already happened there, the thing that had already happened there, is when Jesus was in his ministry, he took Peter and John up on top of Mount Tabor, and Jesus was transfigured, and he appeared with Elijah and Moses. So on this mountain, just a few years ago, Jesus had appeared with all of these dead prophets, and that he had shown himself to prove to them, I'm not just a man, I am the son of of God. And so this seems like a very fitting location for a reunion. So everyone comes together on Mount Tabor, and at that mount, Jesus appears to his disciples. He talks with them. He hugs them. He eats with them. He shows them that he is not a ghost. He is not a spirit. He is truly alive. Jesus is alive. Let's read what Jesus says Next, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you all always, even to the end of the age. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's my prayer for you tonight. As we spend time in God's word tonight, my prayer for you is that God will help you to be sure of this. That Jesus will be with you even to the end of the age. And we're all different people. We're all at different places. You might have walked in this room already very sure. You might be mostly sure. You might be kind of sure. You might be experiencing a season of doubt, and you may not be sure at all. But my prayer tonight is as we spend time in God's word, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And Jesus' prayer for his disciples would be true for you tonight. And that he will make you sure of this, that Jesus Christ will be with you even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, and we need your presence. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with us tonight as we spend time in your word and allow our hearts to be shaped by you. Allow us to hear you and allow your will to be accomplished in this place. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So today we are wrapping up our Christmas series, Everlasting Father. In Isaiah chapter 9, the Messiah is given four amazing names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We've taken three weeks to answer the, these three questions about the unique title, everlasting father. The first question was, how is Jesus everlasting? How is Christmas the birth of Christ, but it is not the beginning of Christ. Jesus has been the Christ from the never beginning all the way to the never ending. The second question was, how is Jesus our father? This title doesn't describe Jesus' relationship to God. Jesus is and will always be the Son of God. But this fatherly title describes Christ's relationship to us. He is fatherly and fatherlike in his love for us. The third question is, how is Jesus our everlasting father? Father. So if Jesus, in his lifetime, displayed the provision and protection of a father, how will Jesus display these father-like qualities throughout all eternity? How is Jesus our everlasting father? Today we're going to talk about godly fatherhood. It's about Jesus' relationship to us, but it's also about the model that Jesus sets for earthly fathers to imitate, I know that we have many fathers and grandfathers in the room tonight, and I want to spur you on in your adventure to imitate Christ in your fatherhood. I also know that I have many single moms in the room tonight, and you will not be left out. Don't walk out now, (laughs) because I know that not just for the single moms that are in this room, but the single moms that are are in our lives, of people that we care about. I think everyone in this room knows a child that is being raised in a single-parent home, and I believe that God wants to spur us on that every child would be able to grow up with a fatherly role model in their lives, a spiritual father in their lives. In the very first week, we started at the very beginning of the Bible, finding Christ in creation, so today it makes the most sense to me to start at the very end of of the Bible. So, will you turn or scroll in your Bibles now to the very last chapter of the Bible? This is the final chapter of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to spend the rest of our evening here seeing how Jesus is our everlasting Father. Revelation chapter 22 verses 12 and 13 reads like this. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The book of Revelation is a series of visions that God reveals to John the Apostle so that John can reveal to us what the end of days will be like. The last vision that John has is of Jesus himself. And Jesus, our everlasting father, makes a promise. He says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. And I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The everlasting father delivers God's justice. He says, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me. What is he bringing with him? He's bringing my reward with me to do what? To repay all people according to their deeds. The everlasting Father delivers God's justice. You know, in our house, Mandy, my wife, is a very engaged disciplinarian. She delivers rewards and consequences to our children, but this is not her Primary role. The reason that I know that it's not her primary role is because when things go too far, when the stakes get too high, I will listen and Mandy will stop saying my kids' names and she will start saying mine. Because being the disciplinarian in my house, being the deliverer of justice as the father of this house, is my primary role. In a godly marriage, in a godly two-parent home, and there are many godly single-parent homes, but in a godly two-parent home, the primary deliverer of justice is dad. And this comes with the good, and it comes with the bad. When the hammer needs to be dropped, when immovable consequences need to be attached to actions, dad needs to be engaged, when great rewards come, when the first car needs to be purchased, when the first guy stops in to take your daughter on a date. Dad needs to be engaged. This is not an easy job. Dad is designed to be the deliverer of justice. Righteous acts should be rewarded, and unrighteous acts should be corrected. Now, If you're a single mom in the room, I don't want you to be the deliverer of justice all by yourself. I want to encourage you tonight to seek out a manly role model to come into this role in your child's life. And I'm not talking about a romantic relationship. This could be a grandpa or an uncle or a church leader. Someone to support your parenting and to come alongside bringing the unique qualities that only a man can bring. Whether your kid is failing every class or getting straight A's, they need a male role model to talk this over with. I know that there are so many godly men in this room tonight, and you may have reached the age when all of your children have moved out, and I want you to consider the possibility that your season of godly parenting, godly fathering, is not done. You may have a grandchild or one of your kid's friends who is desperately in need of a spiritual father. Be alert. Listen to what the Spirit would say and see where he might lead you. God might be calling you to be a deliverer of justice for someone who is not your biological or adopted child. There might be someone else that you need to be a spiritual father Two. In the final chapter of Revelation, Jesus delivers God's justice, but I want to point out that Jesus doesn't determine God's justice. He delivers it, but he does not determine it. Only God the Father is the righteous judge. I do not determine what is righteous or unrighteous in my house. If I decide that it is righteous for my kids to play video games for eight hours a day, or for them to disrespect their mother, or neglect church attendance, I have stepped out of my role. Only God the Father draws the line between right and wrong, and losing sight of this has led to the great decline of fatherhood in our culture and in our country. How can I deliver God's justice if I don't know God? How can I live out his nature if I don't know him Without knowledge of God, without relationship with God, earthly fathers aren't delivering God's justice. They're delivering their own justice. So they say it's fine to conceive a child with a woman that you're not fully committed to. It's fine to replace parenting with a check in the mail. It's fine to place what's best for me over what's best for my child. And ungodly men are making it up day in and day out. They're making up wrong and right as they go along and delivering their own justice. This is not the justice that Jesus delivers. Let's read about the justice that Jesus delivers in verses 14 and 15. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from The tree of life, this is really, really good news. This is great justice to deliver. But the verse continues. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. Jesus delivers God's justice. God makes the decision, but Jesus is the delivery System, I know that every father wants their child to one day be gainfully employed, or happily married, or quarterbacking for the Packers. But I, I need to remind every father in the room and every father figure in the room that there really is just one day that you need to prepare your children for, and it's this day. It's the day in Revelation chapter twenty-two, the day where the righteous are welcomed in. And the unrighteous are left outside the city. You know, you are not responsible for the outcome of your parenting. Every child has a free will. Your child has a free will, just like you did. Your child is going to determine their own path, just like you have done. You are not responsible for the outcome of your parenting, but you are responsible for what you put into your parenting and i imagine after everything that jesus has put into his love for you and for me the day mentioned in revelation 22 will leave our everlasting father with complicated and conflicted feelings the everlasting father will rejoice for all of those who have washed their robes they're not perfect people we're not perfect people but if you have washed your robe in the blood of jesus christ The everlasting Father will rejoice in all of those who he can deliver the justice to welcome them into the kingdom, not because of what they've done, but because they have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and that they have been made spotless. They have surrendered the lordship of their life to Christ, and he can welcome him in on that day. On that day, he will also stand there and deliver justice, to those who have not surrendered lordship to Christ. And what a heavy heart after the way that he loved this world, after his fatherly affection for this world, after he gave everything, after he put everything on the line for the ones that he loved, to have those who would still choose unrighteous paths and those who will be left outside. For those who have rejected the lordship of Christ, all who love to live a lie. It is not an easy job to be a deliverer of justice. I know that there are many fathers in this room who have a child who is currently running from the Lord. How you deliver justice must be guided by the Spirit. And it must be your best imitation of Christ's love for you. When you have a child who has run out of the fold, when you have a child who is living in rebellion against you or against God, we must do our best imitation of our everlasting father and love that prodigal child the way that God loved us when we had turned our back on him. If you ever find the book of Revelation intimidating, or if you ever find the finality of the last judgment overwhelming, I want to remind you the best part about the book of Revelation. And the best part is that it hasn't happened yet. Is that there is still time. And in verse 17, the angel expresses this plea. Revelation 22:17 17 says, The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Who is the water of life? It is Jesus. He is the fountain of life. And in Revelation twenty two seventeen, 17, he calls out and he says, the events I'm telling you about, they have not happened yet. So the information, the, the message, the plea, I want to say right now is I want to say, come. Who's invited? Anyone. Anyone can come into the provision of their Heavenly Father. We've had a fun shift in our family finances in the last few years. Mandy has worked jobs throughout all of our 17 years of marriage, but three years ago, she completed a postgraduate program to be a school counselor for Milwaukee Public Schools. And so since that time, she has been working more than she had ever before and also making more than she had ever before. And Mandy loves spending Mandy's money. It's a very special thing. And I know that every household in this room is unique. I know that we have single-income homes, dual-income homes. I recently learned the acronym TINK, T-I-N-K, which stands for two incomes, no kids. But in a godly marriage, in a godly two-parent home, and there are many godly single-parent homes But in a godly two-parent home, the spiritual role of provider rests on the father. I have a friend whose wife is an MD, so that they moved to a new state this past year, and the best choice for their family was for one of the parents to stay home with their young children. The wisest financial decision was for the wife to keep working, so the dad quit his job and stayed home with the children. She was earning a lot of money, and he was earning no money. And yet, the spiritual role of provider still rests on his shoulders. It's not about job skills or earning potential. It's about a kingdom design for a father to provide for their family. Let's pause and consider the single moms of our church family. If you're managing your household finances alone, I want to ask you to do something today, and it may, be, it may take a little bit of bravery. If you are in need, I want to encourage you to not be embarrassed and to not be quiet. If you are in need tonight, say something. There are many women in the Bible who are praised for their tenacity, for their ability to not be embarrassed and to not be quiet when they had a need. The infirmed woman who chases after Jesus to grab onto the hem of his garment was coming in and had a tenacious spirit, and Jesus healed her. Why? Because she was not embarrassed and she was not quiet about the need she had to be healed. Healed, the Gentile woman who argues with the everlasting Father that even her Gentile daughter is worthy of healing. She comes and she comes to him and asks for healing. And Jesus says, at this time... God has only called me to the Jewish people. He will I will my ministry will eventually go to the whole world, but right now it's just for the Jewish people. And the Gentile woman says, "But don't even the dogs deserve the scraps from the table?" And her faith, her tenacity to not be embarrassed and to not be quiet led to the healing that she was asking for and led to the meeting of her need. If you are in need, don't be embarrassed and don't be Quiet, but when you reach out for help, I need to ask you tonight to have both hands open and I need you to be willing to receive both charity and counsel. Everybody loves charity. We'd all be happy to have a thousand dollars extra a month with no strings attached and to keep living our lives exactly as we had before, but godly provision always comes with. Both charity and counsel. This is the go and sin no more factor. Jesus healed the lame man in John chapter 5. He forgave the adulterous woman in John chapter 8. That's charity. That's unmerited favor. It is a gift. It is a blessing. It was not earned. It was not deserved. But then he tells the lame man, In John 5, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse will happen to you. Jesus forgives the adulterous woman and then he tells her, go and sin no more. This is the fatherly provision that Jesus gives. It is charity and counsel. If you want help, if you need help, The Lord will provide, but you need to have both hands open and receive charity and counsel. This is the plea of the angel in Revelation chapter 22. Let's read verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. There is provision in Christ his love to be a provider in your life, his love to be an everlasting father providing for your every need is there. Will you open both of your hands and receive his charity and also receive his counsel? Will you receive the things you have not earned and deserve? And then will you go and sin no more? Will you then go and walk in the provision he has? The everlasting father delivers God's provision. Everything that I have, it is not mine. Every skill, every paycheck, but I have the honor and responsibility in my household to deliver God's provision to my family. Jesus wants to deliver God's provision to you. He is the well that never runs dry. He was, he is, and he will always be everything that you need. Jesus can satisfy all of your needs needs. In Deuteronomy 33:27, the eternal God sustains us with his everlasting arms. In 2 Thessalonians 2:16, Christ grants us everlasting comfort. In 1 Timothy 6:16, 6, Christ reigns with everlasting Power. In Second 2 Peter 2.11, Christ reigns over an everlasting kingdom. And in John 3.16, Christ promises all who call upon his name everlasting life. Amen. There is an author by the name of David Sunday, and he says it like this. Under his care, under his protection, and his provision, we are safe. And we will be satisfied for all eternity. This is the provision of our everlasting Father. I want to pray for you tonight. And there are several people, all of the people that I want to pray for in this room tonight. And the first group of people I want to pray for is the fathers that are in the room. You know, the truth is that you might have young kids and you might have old kids, but just as every individual never loses their need for a godly mother, no person ever loses their need for a godly father. And that those who are fathers in the room, I want to pray for you tonight that God would spur you on in your imitation of Christ. That God would grow you and expand your ability to be the deliverer of justice and the deliverer of provision in your family's life. I want to pray for the fathers that God might be speaking to you to expand your justice and your provision beyond the bounds of your biological or adopted family into the adoptive family of Christ. And that there may be young men, young boys at this church that you could be a spiritual father to. I want to pray for all of the single-parent homes, all the single moms that are in the room tonight who are doing what God has called them to do and in the void of a godly father, that they are raising, raising beautiful, strong, healthy, and adapted children. I pray, Lord, that, that you will be supported by this church, and I want to pray that God would send fatherly role models into your children's lives. I want to pray for everyone in this room who's in need of an everlasting father, and we are all in need of our everlasting father. You know, if we think about our father experiences in this room, it will go the gamut from those who had a completely unexistent father in our childhood to those who had a wonderful father and the rest of us that are somewhere in the middle And in our Father experience, I don't want your Father experience to be the imprint on how you perceive God. I want God to be the imprint. I want the everlasting Father to be the imprint on how we perceive the world, how we role model, how we imitate Christ, how we strive to love the children that God has entrusted to us. And I pray that in your brokenness in the shortcomings of your earthly father that Jesus would remind you that you would be sure that he will provide all of your needs and that he can satisfy every need that you have before we pray i want to read the last two verses of the book of revelation this is how our whole bible closes up with this he who is the faithful witness to all these things says yes yes I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Let's pray. Father, we need you in our lives tonight. We need you to be our our everlasting Father. You are our provider. You are the, the deliverer of justice in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and strength tonight as we lean into your promises And as we call out to you, come, Lord Jesus, be our provision. I want to pray for every father in the room. And I pray that you would encourage these men, encourage us to be imitators of Christ. Every one of us has been, (laughs) is guilty of shortcomings and is guilty of sin, but as we wash our robes in the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be made new, and I pray that this church would be filled with godly fathers, spiritual fathers, leading the way, to the next generation. I pray for every single mom in this room, and I pray, Lord, that this church would surround them with love and affection and support. I pray, Lord, that as they are brave, as they choose to not be embarrassed and to not be quiet with their need, that you would supply above and beyond whatever it is that they need and whatever it is that they ask for. I pray, Lord, for each one of us as we head into this season, as we think about this baby in a manger, the baby that was prophesied to be an everlasting father. I pray that your spirit would rest upon us. And as a child crawls up into their father's lap, I pray, Lord, that we would feel the comfort and the affection of your love for us. How it is that you have loved us with an unthinkable love. How far you went, how much you gave that you would be with us and that we could be reconciled and have relationship with our Heavenly Father so that one day we could be with you to the end of the age and be sure of it. I pray, Lord, that everyone's heart in this room would rise with surety to know that you are who you say you are and that you will be to the end of the age. We love you. We give you praise tonight. You are first in our hearts.
0: In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us for the Life Together podcast. It's even better when we get to see you in person. You are invited to join us on Wednesday evenings here at Oak Creek Assembly of God. We are a church that exists to reach our world for Christ as we lead people to discover and become who God has created them to be. Find us online at oakcreekag.org.